I've had this happen to me recently. I'm looking mm-hmm. at you know a group of a group of products, trying to figure out what I'm getting, and someone will just like come and stand in front of you and also like grab stuff. I'm like, I'm clearly yeah. looking at the tins of tomatoes. Like, hello, wh- hello. What we do here is go back, 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 back. And we're back. And we're back with another episode of the Bros and Brews podcast on a Monday morning. It is the 2nd of November. We're in November, man. Madness. I know. Absolute madness. We're here. It's, yeah, this this year is still just such a blur. It's so weird. It's redonkulous. 2020, bro. Crazy. And... The world continues to to spin, and as it spins, things things of interest continue to happen. Um, since we were last here, the the preliminary prelim, preliminary, Pre- preliminary results preliminary results of the two referendums, uh, the mm-hmm. New Zealand election results have come out. Um, mm-hmm. The end of life choice bill seems to have passed convincingly with sixty five sixty five percent of the preliminary votes. Uh, yep. The cannabis referendum seems to not have passed with only forty six percent uh support but there are four hundred and eighty thousand votes to come in so we have True. to wait until november 6th yes. um since we were last here the green party and the labor party have agreed to this weird hybrid cooperation <laughs> thingy mabobby which which generally i'm supportive of i i presume you are also probably generally supportive of um, yeah, like, it's a I gray mean, area. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's a gray area. Unfortunately, like there's part of me that kind of wishes they had just stayed opposition. You know, I think it, to for to have a government that at the moment seems to be quite centralist, right? All of a sudden, on the opposition, you have the right side and the far right, obviously with ACT, and then you know you've got the left as well. I feel like they could have held a centralist party to account on all areas, you know, instead of Labour kind of taking the Greens and just slightly moving them a little bit more left. I, I, I mean, either way, I'm, I'm happy that they have, you know, that they have come to this. But there's part of me that still thinks the Greens, I mean, they've still got, I'm not going to, I mean, I'm going to put power and quote, you know, and quote quotations. I've got my fingers up right now. Can confirm but, he does have but, fingers up. But, I mean, they've really got less power than last. You know, they're not in a coalition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've i gone both ways on this. And I think, ultimately, mm. when it comes down to it, Labour didn't have to offer the Greens anything. True. They, they, so they, true. Don't, they don't owe them anything. Yeah. And for, I mean, not, not that that is, makes me go, oh, they shouldn't have given the Greens anything. I think, for me, when I was trying to really figure out why the Greens seemed to quite quickly and overwhelmingly their delegates decide, yes, this is something we want to accept. Yeah. As someone who kind of views the Greens very positively in terms of their key areas, the Mm -hmm. the key question I was asking myself and other people was, would you rather have James Shaw in charge of that portfolio or some random Labour person? And my answer is like, I just want James Shaw in it. I feel like I'd be way less confident in that stuff if – with some some random list MP from Labour, and actually that's enough of a reason for me to want them to have accepted this. Because in terms of yeah. climate change, I feel like James Shaw is much better than anyone else on the Labour Party, and I feel more confident about stuff actually getting done. 
sure, yep. three years, not that much. The Greens are already there, blah, 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 blah. But New Zealand First is no longer part of the government. Um, but yes, I feel you in the in the middle ground, but I think we have to be hopeful and optimistic that the Greens being an active part of certain areas of the government will be will be a positive. Um, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I I totally hear that, and I do totally agree. I mean, yeah, for me as a green supporter, I'm glad they would at least still have a yeah a stronger voice than what they would have if they hadn't have accepted any terms or agreements for sure. For sure. But yeah. it'll just be interesting to see whether Labour takes use of that, or this is just a little bit of a oh, you know, the three the past three years wasn't for nothing, right? Yeah. yeah. So it'll be I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We wait and see, and and to continue rattling through things things this week. I mean, announced uh, yesterday the uh, in the UK, England is going to a month long lockdown, mm, starting second mm-hmm. of second of November and going through at least December second. I know there's great frustration in the UK with people that I know that this hasn't come earlier. That that yeah. if they'd done this, you know, two months ago for two weeks, it wouldn't need to have yeah. taken so long. But yeah, they were talking September, eh, for yeah. a, like a, a two month lockdown or something. Yeah. yeah, but it just continues continues to spiral there. And of course, we're only a few days away from from the US election. I mean, much like a couple yeah, of weeks true. ago. Next time when we come through uh, to record next week, whenever that is, potentially. I, do, I mean, I don't like saying that America is, is like Western politics and America decides the world because I, I don't think that's necessarily true. Mm. But we can't we can't ignore the fact that American politics play a big part of much of the world, and and yeah. this this election will will be will be fascinating. I don't know about you, but I will be sitting and watching with a beer or five in hand uh, as the results come in. I think on Tuesday or Wednesday night. Um, yeah. I uh, won't won't say anything more about American politics. We don't need to give it any more time. Yeah, but, yeah, nice, but nice, even nice. more interestingly <laughs> than any of the stuff that I've just mentioned since Ooh. we last talked, I've started a new TV show and it's bloody great. Oi, um, nice. Do tell, do tell. Have you heard of the new Netflix show, The Queen's Gambit? And oh, I I've the only reason I've heard of it is because I get email notifications from Netflix letting me know what shows are going on, and that that one that one popped up on my on my recent email. Um, I have not watched it. I, I I do not know what it's about, but I have seen the photo and the Queen's Gambit. Um, well, probably in the promo you may or may not have seen some reference to chess. Basically, basically chess is, is a big is a big part of it. Um, over lockdown for me, chess was my sort of upskilling hobby thing that I put interest in. Like I played oh. a lot of chess over lockdown, uh, with my dad on an app on my phone, like playing against myself as it's not as sad <laughs> as it sounds like it's a good way to get better. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, um, I get it. <laughs> I got a lot, lot better at, at it and yeah, I, I, I bloody love chess as a game. So that nice. was the hook for me, Netflix. You made a show about chess. And yeah, it's I've only watched the first two episodes, but it's essentially about a a young woman in in America, I think in the late seventies. It's seventies, eighties, so you know, not mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. one day America. Um yep. and it's about a girl who becomes orphaned and sort of realizes this great, great ability for chess. Obviously I'm only two episodes in, but it's sort of one of those 
genius type character very much mm-hmm. in the vein of like goodwill hunting the feel good person who's having a difficult life at a young age realizing that they're brilliant at something um yeah and it's great so far man i'm hooked i'm in i love when there's a tv show or a film that like takes a interest or a hobby that you have and it's like well yeah, we're gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. we're gonna have a great drama that also puts a lot of like effort or focus into into that so it's got me into it i'm in i'm watching a serious tv show it's yeah. happening rejoice all people throughout the land um but i definitely recommend today eh? even if you're not a great you know it's not one of those shows where like it uh isolates people who don't have an understanding of chess because obviously the character at a young age learns about the game so mm-hmm. maybe if you if you're someone out there who likes chess and wants to understand it better probably the tv show will continue to educate you so yeah definitely recommend it man hey well me me i'm one of those people i enjoy chess um i remember yeah i remember growing up playing chess and checkers with my granddad it's something that we used to do all the time so yeah i i have a i have a a a love for chess so we might have to have a, a a game or two bro i mean let's do it and i should say the queen's gambit is the, the title of the show, The Queen's Gambit itself, is a very famous chess chess opening. And as you yes. learn more about chess, you understand that there are many openings throughout history and responses. And it's it's all much like solving a Rubik's Cube. It's all algorithm-based. And, mm-hmm. and the better you mm-hmm. are, the less sort of variables actually come into play. But, but yeah, Queen's Gambit, definitely recommend it, people, if you like sort of, you know, classic Netflix good drama well shot you feel immersed in the story um have you have you watched anything of interest recently listened to any music of of interest hmm Hmm. i mean hmm nothing nothing crazy i've really taken oh actually i lie i lie there is one thing that i have watched that got released this week uh on the 30th um, sorry, last week, uh, and that was the second season of The Mandalorian on Disney Plus. Oh yes, that was an absolute banger. Have you watched the first season, Mandalorian? I, I think I got like I think I clocked four or five episodes. Okay, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah, stop because uh, I wasn't enjoying it. Just one of yeah. those timestamps of was on a show and dropped out from. But I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the episodes I did yeah. watch nice nice no i me and um me and my mum have been watching we watched the whole first season together and yeah the second season came out and we watched the first episode and it's such a good show man like you know if you appreciate star wars and you appreciate the lore that's all about it and you know the galaxy universe and and you know it's just a, a fresh perspective of that universe um but you know really shot in that kind of western gunslinger like the cinematography the music you know the directing as well the whole first season had um guest directors including taika waititi who also directed and also starred in it as well um and then yeah the second season that uh, disney did a really good job and not spoiling anything because i hadn't seen anything i didn't know what was coming up the season you know the basic premise of what he's on about and what he's doing but the first episode we were watching it and we were like whoa we did not realize that. And so there was some just great little callbacks to previous Star Wars and lore and, and a few little extra surprises. And I must say there's a, there's, a, there's a great surprise right at the end of that first episode. So season two, I'm hooked. It's coming out every week, every Friday. I'm ready. Awesome. 
I'm I need to get back into it. And Dad was asking it's about great. it. Yeah. Da- Dad's so funny. Like he'll 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 ask me questions out of the blue that relate to pop culture. And so at <laughs> yeah. some point uh, last week, he was like, "So this show, The Mandalorian." I was like, "Yep, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the conversation." Um, yeah, I may have to inquire as to your your Disney Plus password on behalf oh, of yes, on yes, behalf yes, of yes, one yes. on behalf of one that I love to uh, <laughs> to quote Arwen from the Lord of the Rings trilogy. How's that for a little bit of uh, hey. out of the box stuff? Um, nice. I've also realised that this week. I watched something just just this past weekend that I think would be a great conversation point, even more so if you've watched it. Uh, mm-hmm. Borat two watched it <gasps> at the weekend. Uh, have you I seen haven't watched it, it yet? You Sorry, no. That ex- that exclamation was I haven't watched it yet. Um, watch it if you can in the next week because I think as we come round to next next week's podcast if we have a better sense of the american election that will be a great conversation point and so yeah. i have a really really interesting tidbit about the filming of that movie and my personal experience of something that happened while i was in london that has made me realize something about the film that i don't know whether they actually actively advertised little oh. teaser for you there I like um, it. But while while reviewing the movie in my head, I was like, "Oh, that happened." But actually, I know if something about Sasha Baron Cohen. That means that this and this and this. So if you watch yep. it before next week, we can have a great conversation about that. Nice. No, I'm go- I'm going to. Um, yeah, my cousins lent his Amazon Prime um, to us, so yeah, I'm definitely going to be watching it in the next little wee while because um, yeah I saw it there I was like I need to watch it I love the first one and uh, I also love Bruno as well I love what Sasha does so yeah I will definitely be watching that well I do have a question for you this week man believe it or not mm-hmm. yes and my question to you sort of sort of relates to what Matt and I want to talk about over the next month um, it is November uh, it is Movember um, f- I think Movember is, is generally a pretty global thing. I think we think of it as a, as a New Zealand movement because we, uh, it has been so prominent in New Zealand culture for quite a while, yeah. but I definitely know people yeah. in the UK that are doing Movember this year. Um, it's, I, I'm not claiming that it's, that it's a New Zealand uh, adventure or anything, but we certainly think of it as sort of part of our national culture which i think is really Mm -hmm. great it's been around for a long time like i remember being in school and the classic debates of like oh we want to do this thing oh school uniform you can't grow facial hair blah 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 Mm. all that political Mm. bs but matt and i matt and i really really want to uh, to lean really heavily into movember this year um we have had a discussion about this month as a whole and what we want to do and so so every episode over the next four weeks is going to be linked to movember uh, mental health conversations um matt is is i mean i hope you don't mind me saying this is coming down to wellington for about 10 days in a couple of weeks yep. time so we're going to have yeah, more than more than one two could just say two two two, ep- two two episodes that we're um going to record together in person which is going to be super exciting um potentially the the chance for a collaboration with some other new zealand podcasters out there to talk about movember and men's mental health um but yeah it's going to be the focus of this month we've never really done anything like this before where we've clumped mm. a whole lot of episodes together we we are going to try and make each week slightly different to keep the conversation fresh and and um for all the the beauty of talking about mental health we don't want to we don't want to you know do it the same every single week um 
but yeah, that that's what we want to do over the the next month or so. And and my question will sort of in, involve that. But is there mm-hmm. anything you wanted to mm-hmm. say about about Movember to to launch off before we dive on in? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I'm exactly the same. I remember growing up and going through school and I remember that it was happening and things. And last year um, also took part in Movember and and did do do the Mo. um, And yeah, got some really good support and got to my goal with um, wanting to raise funds um, towards Movember and and the conversation and just wanting to talk about it. And and yeah, this year having this platform and and, and this podcast and obviously doing it with with my best friend, um, we wanted to just keep on advocating for that because as we've talked about before throughout this podcast and early early episodes um we are absolutely here for mental health um and men's mental health as well and this whole thing with this podcast was started in the sense of just wanting to have a conversation and this month we want to have that conversation we want to talk about um yeah you know our own experiences and things like that so this year we're just gonna go yeah full steam ahead with it um and i must also say as, as a part of doing Movember this year um, we're also doing it a little bit differently aren't we uh, from mm. from you know from what I did last year um, instead of growing a mo we're going to be um, we're going to be moving what's the phrase again I think it's move for mov- move for Movember move, move for Movember yeah exactly so this month um, we're endeavoring to run 60 kilometers throughout the whole month um, I must say for me it's going to be I mean, I'm going to say it's going to be a challenge. I haven't been running in a very long time. And yeah, I think just this month, it's just a great thing to get behind, um, you know, in the sense of what Movember is all about, but also for me as well, in the sense of a health aspect as well. So yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to this whole month as a whole and, and, and what we do with it. Yeah. And I think it's nice that there's more than, clearly Movember is, is, is growing. And I think the the growing and mo, um must always remain. It's such a strong message yeah. of of male courage and and uh, aesthetic and you know a, a visual recognition of people. You know, because you will walk around Wellington or in your case Auckland, and you you will see over the month of November way more people with moats. And you just yeah. you clock. You go, yep, yeah. you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. I think it's really great that they've introduced the move for November, and I'm pretty sure they did it at least last year. I'm not sure if last they year was did. the first yeah, year, they but did. yeah. But as I said to you yesterday, um, sort of in a similar vein to the the 40-hour famine, having the opportunity to raise funds through something that's actually more difficult, if that makes sense. Mm. I was trying to get around the the political incorrectness of saying that growing a mo isn't hard, which is, again... It's different for different people. Some people have a yeah. luscious face soil that, that sprouts <laughs> hairs every day. Some people it is a, a struggle in the sense that it doesn't happen that quickly. But but mm-hmm. I think physical exercise is generally a, a positive for people's health and mental health. And and yesterday, uh, myself and, and uh, two, two of our, our good friends, Chris and Hamish, we, we went for a, a run round, round the waterfront in the, the evening. We cl- clocked 5K and... And it was awesome. Just three, three nice. of us running. I mean, we were just out and about together and, and had some chats while we were moving. And yeah, it was difficult, but we felt really uh, positive with all those sort of endorphins of the physical mm. exercise. So yeah, move for Movember. Potentially after this episode today, I might be shaving to sort of baby face to just see what's happening. I'm the same as you. I'm not officially doing the Mo thing, but I may kind of yep. also semi do it on the side. But 
but yeah, to, to, to recap this whole, this whole month, um, Movember for us on the podcast is going to be all about mental health. Um, not just, uh, men's mental health. I think it's, it's all part of the wider conversation and, and we would never want to, to, you know, ex- exclude all the wonderful wahine out there listening because everyone, everyone has their own mental health and the journey is, is all about all of us together. But certainly there'll be a focus from us on, on men's mental health and, and our, our personal stories, uh, mm. you know, engaging as, as a group. And in, in today's case, we're going to talk about sort of how mental health relates to the arts industry as a whole. But we, we do have our own Movember page. Uh, it's in my bio on Instagram. Um, we'll probably include it in the the podcast bio on Instagram. And yep. there's lots of different pieces as this month develops. We're hoping to do some other stuff, some more collaboration. So as the weeks roll by, potentially more uh, fundraising bits and pieces. But to get into the question, a question yes. was promised and, yes. and it will be fulfilled. Um, Give it to me. My question for you this week uh, and I feel like it's sort of it's sort of tangentially related to feelings and emotions and frustrations and what really grinds your gears nitpicks <laughs> things that piss Ooh. you off little irrational frustrations that you have things that might happen during the day and they just really get at you and you can you know forget them two minutes later or not the big life frustrations of the world but you as a person, little little things that, that get on your nerves, things that grind your gears. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I guess one thing that came into my mind straight away was when people just don't listen. When people don't listen, like that's whether it's something that maybe I've I've said or someone else has said, and I mean this is both in just like you know generic life, you know in my own bubble, but also at work as well. Um, you know I've had experiences with working some people, and some people just don't listen. You know, and for me, that's that's really annoying. You know, I think as as you know it's not like anything harsh or thing it's just the small things like like you were saying like really small things really get to me and when people just don't have that common sense i think that's actually that's probably another word as well common sense um you know i don't feel like i necessarily need to like explain everything to a full extent i think you know we should be able to have a lot of common sense and when someone doesn't that's that's really annoying and that really does grind my gears i mean even with my cat here at home i mean obviously animals are a whole nother thing but when she doesn't listen to me oh my lord it 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 gets me man she jumps up on the bench i've told her before not to do that she knocks my things off tables and things i've told her not to do that please don't um but that's a whole nother thing i mean it's an animal they've got their own kind of agenda (laughs) um (laughs) so yeah yeah i think and i mean you know there's a big one in the sense of just like uh, you know uh naivety and and i mean everyone's a bit naive and in all sense of things but you know ignorance as well i mean those are some pretty big words to start throwing out there um and we've all got our flaws obviously but yeah i think yeah i think just yeah when it listening and and common sense i think especially in like a, in a workspace as well for me um i'm very much like if i see something i do it 
you know, like if something needs cleaning or refolding or whatever, like it's just common sense to just keep doing something, just keep myself busy. And then when you have someone at work that's not doing that stuff, I notice it because, you know, I'm not saying that they need to be the same as me, but it's, it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah, slightly annoying, slightly annoying. I could hear in your voice. You, this is the listening, exactly the sort of uh, like reaction yeah, exactly. that that like it's not gonna it's not gonna end your day. It won't ruin your week. But it, but no, it's no. But but I think it's worth clocking. I think it's so healthy for us as as people to be aware of the things that piss us off a little bit. Because yeah, if yeah. you are aware of that, you can recognize that you're frustrated by a thing, and and eventually um move on from it it's really interesting to me that you mentioned the whole angel knocking stuff (laughs) off because for me my biggest pet peeve in life is when stuff falls off surfaces uh yo like your carrier plate out out from your bedroom and there's a knife on it and the knife falls on the ground i'll like have to stifle like a an internal (laughs) scream like you know you 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 put you know, one that oh it gets me if, <laughs> yeah. you, if i put like my backpack on on my bed and i'm like putting things into you know clothes or your raincoat or your laptop or whatever and you turn away and you just hear the hmm and the lap and the the backpack's just like toppled over and fallen off yeah. your bed i'm like you should be stable why <laughs> It just it just gets to me. It's so irrational. Yeah. But if anything yeah. ever falls off a surface, it's not like a laziness of having to pick the thing up. I think it's a frustration at the world of being like, you should just stay where I put you. Yeah, the balance yeah, yeah, yeah. of this object should not mean that it that it topples off. And it'll just it'll just get me every single time. Um <laughs> another one for me, which I think is probably more related to to yours because it, it pertains to like other people and shared mm-hmm. space and shared ideas and community mm-hmm. as people with just poor spatial awareness we're oh, talking yeah. supermarkets we're talking crossing yep. the road we're talking busy yep. intersections people who just don't have a sense of like how much space they they take up and i'm not yeah. talking about body size or anything i more just mean people's spheres you know yeah three people walking wide on a footpath stopping anyone from from walking or someone who like if you're staring at a you know an an aisle in a supermarket and someone just kind of i've had this happen to me recently i'm looking Mm -hmm. at you know a group of a group of products trying to figure out what i'm getting and someone will just like come and stand in front of you and also like grab stuff i'm like i'm clearly looking at the tins of tomatoes like hello hello people's (laughs) spatial awareness God, it's just like, are you not? What were you not taught that that there are other people in this world? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Oh. But I, yeah, I think also coming off this year as well, like a big thing has been like physical distance. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, and we should still be maintaining physical distance as well. We are still in alert level one. It is still a thing happening. But you're so right. I, I, look, I've obviously being in Wellington, a lot of people walking, bikes and stuff, ruddy ruddy ra. But me being in the centre of Auckland. It happens all the time, man. And look, I'm just going to say it. It's also Aucklanders as well. Yeah. You know, look, I'm just going to put it out there. Sorry. I know I'm one of you now, but it's true. It's just, yeah, I am on the footpath and I am walking my direction and I'm not going to move. 
It, it, it happened to me walking from work on Friday, uh, walking home. It, 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 there was, I was walking down, and then the guy kind of he shifted over to the to my side of where I was walking, and just kept walking. He didn't go back into his lane. He wasn't trying to overtake. He just shifted and kept walking right towards me. And I had to like you know brush past him, kind of thing. I almost turned around and I just went, "Oi!" But I didn't. You know, I'm the I was the bigger person. I just kept on going. Yeah, it's a it's like a learning of actually no I. I have my own lane and I don't, I'm, I'm as entitled to keeping my direction as, as anyone else. Yeah. I think yeah. it, there, there is like a, a cultural mental thing there, right? Like I think the great frustration of, of people who live in London is tourists because mm. like the underground, those busy spaces, everyone is so clocked into the same like hive mind moving together that as soon as you dump like a i'm gonna stereotype here a a family of american tourists who just like looking around flailing standing on the wrong side of the escalator like being loud and it's like cameras out you need to buy into this mindset people and don't get me wrong (laughs) wellington's is a beautiful free-flowing bikes and walking and but there are some bad eggs out there um for sure but yeah i think i think the whole like a grinding your gears thing it's it's helpful it's helpful to recognize that things piss us off and it's okay yeah. to talk about that. Like when we're not perfect people, it's, uh, no. it can be okay when your flatmate does something that annoys you or your mum does something that annoys you or your, your friend does something that annoys you or just something happens in the day that pisses you off. It's so much healthier to not necessarily come on a podcast in a public forum and address it. <laughs> I don't even want to do this, but but recognizing that it's okay for things to shift your emotional state and yeah and i mean that's this is it's a it's a weird and it's a weird into november mental health discussions but i think it's all part of it right like being being yeah. open to discussing this sort of stuff and and it can be something as small as that that really anno- that that ruins a day right like it can yeah. be oh, sure. often it is the irrational stuff that you just can't you can't get over um yeah that that'll just ruin a perfect an otherwise perfectly perfectly good day <laughs> Dramatic but it's pause. how <laughs> dramatic pause. No, it's good. No, I liked it. We were both looking at each other. Have you got something to say? No, I've got something to say. I was just going to say like it's, but it's how you handle that as well. You know, like, like you're saying, you can clock that you've, that this thought is going on, but it's, you know, I, I've, I've had instances where I've kind of, you know, really been quite aggressive on it, but then really looking back at that being like, oh, I really should handle that. And then going and apologizing or something like that. You know, it's, 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 it's what you put out there. You can't just, you know i hear stories of people just being like really aggressive and leaving it and then the you know in a flatting sense it gets toxic and you know tensions build and ruddy ruddy rah but it's you know i think especially when you're living with other people you need to be able to um you know call it out as we say it said in other parts i think that's a big thing that we advocate for call it out um and then also talk about it whether you've done something wrong apologize move on keep going keep the peace you know it's it's important it's important for sure and so to move into today, today's sort of a little quadrant of of November and, and mental health, we um we wanted to talk about mental health specifically regarding regarding the arts, like our industry and the the industries that that we have a love and a passion for. And I think you know it's it's no great secret that the entertainment and arts industries have a I don't want to say particularly like fraught relationship with mental health, but because so many people in these industries are so publicized, I mean, we've, we've t- 
talked about celebrity and 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 public figure and fame and all that stuff in the past but mm. i think how it relates to mental health is there's such a a clear relationship there and and we've seen it with with the amount of performers whether it be actors or musicians or artists or people involved in the fashion industry or the food industry who have had real real struggles with with their mental health and i think we just want to have have a conversation about why is it that that having struggles with mental health sort of seem to be attached to the the industry that that frankly matt and i are super passionate about and and want to continue to be more and more ingrained in i mean do you have any sort of overarching overarching thoughts that you've been percolating over the last few days as we've we've been thinking about this yeah well i mean for me for me with mental health and and being creative it it can it can go both ways in the sense of as a performer what does that does do for you but then also as an audience as well like what what is this art doing for you as well and it's it's the yeah it it comes from both sides you know you can you could see something or go to a show and that could activate some sort of um emotions and feelings and thoughts within yourself but then also performing it as well could also activate thoughts and emotions and feelings in yourself as well so there's there's two sides to to what you know being creative does for you um you know uh, for for me the arts is literally forming shaping and and holding in front of you something that's internal you know uh uh, art comes comes from somewhere and it usually comes from the inside whether it's uh someone doing a painting someone writing or a performance you know it's come from a script from someone whether that be personal experiences and things like that art most of the time is is something that we can create physical that that's from the internal in ourself um and yeah uh, that it's you know whether that's you know talking about anxiety depression or you know the 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 well-being of people um even like social factors and well i mean because i was quickly gonna gonna say like globalization has been a really big factor in the sense of you know bringing um you know bringing broad cultures and diversity and, and you know, personal and, and social philosophies and stuff, right? Like there's, there's just so much going on now and, and so much that we can kind of understand and connect to as a, as a societal kind of outlook on arts and, and, and being creative and stuff like that. So it's, yeah, it's, but as you were saying, it's not all, it's not all fun and games, you know, it's not all fun and games for people that are, doing these things and having to deal with so much else going on in their life it's not the it's not the be all and end all of everything because i i because I, I, th- this is one thing that's really bugged me for a few years and it happened at uni and i want to ask you if you remember re- remember them talking about this or this phrase in particular but do you remember them saying that theater is not therapy yes yep and i've heard that you- phrase since since yeah yep. do you do you do you do you agree like to an extent do you agree that that theater should not be therapy do you mean from a performer's perspective well i guess both right like because there is there's two sides to the coin because uh, like, like i was just just saying i mean theater or you know art in general can actually be really therapeutic as a performer but also as an audience as well so i've always really struggled with this phrase being told at uni and it kind of being an outlook for myself for the past few years i really just wanted to get your opinion on that i think i think i definitely disagree with it from a 
audience perspective to start with mm-hmm. to touch on that because yep. i think so yep. much about theater is as reflecting on human experience and cultural experience and social experience and so if you go and see as you you alluded to before if you go and see a show that talks about something you know the history of a country or specific experience of an event that happened at a certain time when you were alive i think that can be can be very therapeutic and i think that is the beauty of of theater often as is, is the yeah, for sure as the way that it can can touch us and make us ref- reflect on certain things i think where the phrase comes from from like university and and mm-hmm. the, the way that probably it was to say designed like the nucleus of that idea comes from an acting perspective of yeah you you can't i mean that's these people talking or, or you should, perhaps shouldn't like so significantly enmesh your personal life with the life of people that you're playing or sh- or shows that you're involved in i think that comes from a a like the whole world of method acting right like the idea mm. that it's not your because i think there are actors out there that that perhaps go too far into the like this is my personal experience of of a character that i don't necessarily have a specific one-to-one uh shared experience with i'm trying to think of of the world like self-indulgent acting yeah people who who try to put too i think there is such a thing as people putting too much of their own personal gloss on Mm. on characters sometimes i think the idea that theater isn't therapy comes from the kind of idea that a lot of the times the best acting is when you as an audience we don't see the the personal behind character i mean it might be there like if you go and see an actor that you don't know how could you possibly know whether it's them personally but or or, Mm. or you know, if it's if it's just a character they're playing, I think it's it's the ability to to not display who you are within within a character. Now, obviously, there's a yeah. massive range of like theater and and film and had, for example, the show that I was in a few weeks ago because it wasn't me playing a, like a character within a ninety minute play, as you would be saying in Shakespeare or a, mm-hmm. a wild play. Mm-hmm. That was a bit different. I think it's a good lesson in humility and realizing that playing a character, it's not really about you as an actor, You, but I yeah. do understand you coming, coming at it with, with the frustration of like theater can be therapeutic. Yeah. I think it, yeah. it can have real positive, uh, effects on us as performers and actors. And absolutely. I'm, I'm there with you on that. I just understand where it comes from, like a teaching perspective of it's not all about you. I yeah, think that, that makes yeah, sense. No, that no, no, that makes that makes to- so much sense for sure. Because yeah, when you break it down like that, because for me, when I do theatre, when I'm acting, like I'm at my probably my best emotional state. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like when I'm in a rehearsal space or things like that, like being socially included for me is so therapeutic being around other people and stuff like that and you know i can get out of my head and get into others and things like that so no i totally hear where you're coming from that um and yeah i just wanted to talk about that because i just yeah i just remember it being told to us at at uni and it really just sticking with me so uh i think particularly with an ensemble just to touch on the idea of like social spheres and people you're involved with i think a lot of it comes from that because if you get cast in in an ensemble show 
where you don't necessarily know the people who you're working with um, beforehand and someone brings in like really deep personal stuff that you haven't necessarily signed on to be involved with like you mm. you when you join an ensemble it's not a given that you have to deal with every single person's personal history and how it relates to a show yeah and i think there have been times i've definitely experienced this in shows where people kind of bring in their own own baggage, baggage and, yeah. and really push it too far onto other people whose job it is just because you're a fellow castmate does not mean it's your job to deal with other people's entire yep. social insecurities and how they feel about their acting career and how they feel about how they've been aggrieved for like the last few years and being cast and and there are times where that goes goes too far and you end up pushing your issues onto other people mm. the beauty of ensemble is is the very best version of what you've described as is being involved with people in a social sphere and creating something beautiful together and yeah. i think i think when people can and, and put too much stuff onto their fellow players that's often where the theater is not therapy can come into it yep that makes total sense yep that makes total sense for sure um to come back to this sort of idea of where where mental health and art sort of intersperse with each other i think there's there's a difference between the well not a difference but there's the whole the difficulty of the job right the whole you know in our case as actors playing characters that aren't necessarily within ourselves i'm sure you can point to many 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 cases of actors having to play problematic people in from real history or from from fiction that there's difficulty there but i think there's also a lot of stuff inbuilt with the industry that that leads to problems with mental health like mm. for example just the question of like when's the next job when's my next employment yeah. i watched a really yeah. really great video about a year ago of of brilliant and acclaimed new zealand actor sam neill who's had a fantastic industry and uh, industry has had a fantastic career <laughs> it is a fantastic industry yes. um he's had a fantastic career and i'm sure i would presume financially he's relatively stable and he said in this video like he still hasn't got over the fact that even at that age and that level of success he doesn't ever think he'll get another job each time he mm. finishes a job he doesn't know if that's the last one and that that constant sense of like where's the next job coming from am i ever going to be employed again to do what i love i, I think that is significant part of like the mental health struggle the constant undervaluing of the arts and how we feel about how other people value what we do i think is a constant yeah. questioning like have i duck my own grave by being involved in this industry am i to blame because i took a risk on something that's like not a traditional career path that that constantly assessing how we feel viewed by our our peers and people that aren't involved in these industries are you know that's a a, a massive a massive weight that we constantly have to deal with and i think people who might say well you you know what you signed up for there's a lot of truth in that like i, I think yeah. there there is and and you know in our case we're only 25 so it's it's never too late to change what you want to do if, if what this industry presents to you isn't what you bargained for then you can totally you know ironically yeah. after last week go and decide go and, to, yeah. do, to do to do something else <laughs> like you're not so indebted to an industry that you can't ever never leave it but that, that constant sense of like when's the next job am i ever going to be hired again is there work you know that is just something that that we deal with for for better or for worse and oh, i yeah. think because we have such uh 
public reflecting interests like film and theater and and music Mm. and and art what we do relies on how other people view our work you know yeah whether it be public praise or or criticism you know reviews how many people come to the gig do people want to buy my artwork our whole output is based on whether other people view us favorably Uh, there are lots of lots of careers where like you do the job and if you're good at it maybe only two or three people would know that you did did the job but it's not a, a wider sense of like public perception and and group view i mean look at us on this on this podcast i mean we are we are constantly having this this discussion and trying to have dialogue about the fact that this show is not defined by how many people listen to it obviously it's great to grow it and we want lots of people to to listen to our content and be engaged but the show is what it is regardless of whether it's three people listening to the episode or if we somehow get to 10,000 one day, like our value and what we're creating doesn't change, but it's so hard to not get stuck in the mindset of, of that is how valuable what we're putting out is. I think yeah. all of that, all of that stuff really plays into the mental health of being, being involved in, in arts industries. Oh, for sure. And I think especially as well, some people really live on validation for sure. as well. You know, they want to perform, they want to be out there in front of people, but they also need that validation, those words of affirmation, you know, you take it back to a love language, those words of affirmation, they want to know that what they're doing is um, being received and, and, you know, hear the praise and things like that. But not everyone, not everyone is, you know, Um, I know a lot of people that don't read reviews, you know, they leave the reviews out of it. And that's also, you know, safety for themselves. They've recognized that reading, reading reviews isn't always the be all and end all of everything um so yeah no it's 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 a it's a hard thing to navigate but i mean you know if i'm quickly just quickly just to speak with me and arts and things like that i knew at a when i was in high school and i decided i was going to do theater that it was going to be hard and it wasn't for the money you know like i knew it just it just wasn't going to be that kind of thing but since finishing uni i have kept myself in a stable full-time job and I haven't jumped full ship into just doing theatre because in my own insecurity, when it comes to that, I'm like, oh, can I actually commit to just putting my full self into it and potentially not have the security of having money and being able to do what I want to do and things? And that's where I'm kind of at in the sense of now being up here in Auckland as well. You know, I don't have any backing up here. I haven't done any shows up here in Auckland. It was all happening down in Wellington. And now that I'm not down there and I'm up here, I almost feel like I need to need to reset and restart that. But I'm scared to leave my stable job, which gives me my income, you know, and I can enjoy myself on my days off and things um, instead of really just diving headfirst into what I actually want to do. So that's where I'm kind of really um, having a having a debate and fight with myself. It's my head and my heart, right? Like I'm fighting with my head and my heart. My head is like, no, you need to be able to keep on, you know, earning money and save. You still want to go to Europe, right? You still want to do that thing. Um, but then my heart is saying like, no, like, I want to be doing the thing that I love and that is theatre, that is acting and creating and performing in front of people. That's what I love and that's what I want to do. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm kind of really at with with that as well. Um, so it's hard, it's hard. I mean, there's no right answer to everything, but I think, you know, you've really got to go for it because if it's the thing that you want to do, then 
you don't know until you open that door, right? Yeah, and I mean, it's it's very easy for us to to sit here and say, like, from the position of where we are and in, in our artistic careers and endeavors, to be like, well, we kind of know what we're signing up for. But if tomorrow something we did went viral positively, and all of a sudden we just were known in New Zealand, and to, from tomorrow we had to walk out into the street, like we fundamentally like wouldn't know what we were signing up for there. And I think yeah, like yeah. we can't ignore the fact that fame is such a, a big part of the entertainment industry, whether you are interested in fame, whether you're not interested in fame, it is so attached to it because of that like public industry sense. Like it's all mm. about how people consume content and, and enjoy it or, or don't enjoy it. And I think that has been, you know, such an obvious part of why so many people, whether it be child stars having to deal with such a fame at a young age or, or very, very successful performers having to deal with never, ever being able to go out and, and not be recognized. And I mean, this isn't just, you know, actors, it's, it's sports people, it's politicians, mm. it's, it's people in, in, in areas where you're just known by everyone. And I think so mm. many people clearly within, you know, to, loosely group in Hollywood have struggled is because you you want to be an artist for so long and you work so hard and eventually all of a sudden you hit like the top of this bell curve where all of a sudden it's like oh I've made it everyone mm. knows who I am I can't lead a normal lead a normal life anymore is this actually what I want like there's probably a pretty thin area of of success and fame that you are able to do what you want you're very stable financially you have all these wonderful opportunities before you cross over into all of a sudden missing out on opportunities in different parts of life whether it's being able to go to the supermarket or being able to go out for for drinks or being able to just exist as a a normal human i I think we can't ignore the amount of well-known people in the performing arts scene um who have have taken their own life over the last well, I don't want to say number of years because I think it's it is a it is a constant, and also yeah. the amount of people in these industries who, once they become f- famous, uh, drugs become a really a an out for for people because mm. of having to deal with with the stress and the public pressure to to have your persona be upheld and and yeah, I mean, so we've lost so many people over over even just the last few years. I mean, you spoke about about robin williams a a few weeks ago what a what a fundamentally beloved person from a public sense and yet clearly he was having personal issues in in his life that most of us had no no idea about and again why should we if you know people deserve to have their personal lives but but it, it, it continues to happen right like it's 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 clear that it's not a few a few individuals it is a strong part of this industry and stu- struggling struggling to deal with it yeah and i i think it, it also doesn't help in the sense of being a celebrity and mental health like there is a stigma behind it as well you know i think uh you know one really encouraging thing that i've been seeing a lot more of especially in, in hollywood is that these celebrities coming out and talking about their mental health yeah and you know and that they're struggling with their own illnesses and 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 things going on in their own lives and so it's just trying to break down that stigma of it but unfortunately for a very long time there was that stigma on it so people had to then turn to other aspects of as you were saying drugs alcohol you know they were doing all of these other things to try and combat the feelings that they were feeling because 
for some reason that was easier than actually coming out and saying that there was a problem. But unfortunately, you're combating a problem with the problem and that's when it gets toxic and, and then that's unfortunately when we, we we lose these beautiful people because they have no other way of dealing with it and, and, and that's the sad thing about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it seems sort of crude a little bit to, to do a great list of people who, who have, we've lost but I think it's important to recognise like age kind of doesn't matter like people when they're yeah. in their 20s and their 30s and their 40s and their 50s, you know, it, these mental health struggles affect a lot of people and also industry. Like it's not just actors, it's people yeah. who, who, you know, fit these spheres of, of public entertainment. And some of the ones that I, I wrote down, my Robin Williams, um, Anthony Bourdain for me Anthony was Bourdain. huge. Yeah. And I mean, his, yeah, his career is grounded in food, but because he mm. became so famous, you know, he's almost, an, an actor in a sense that TV was a huge part of who he was. It's like public perception. Um, Avicii uh, in 2018, mm. very popular with our generation in terms of his style of, of music. Uh, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Heath Ledger, Corey Monteith. These are people that have, you know, male figures within, I mean, look at someone like Corey Monteith. Glee was such a big show for a specific mm. generation and essentially like, a kids show and the sort of young adult area like yeah. singing performance being a positive thing breaking down stereotypes of jocks and nerds and all that kind of stuff and then clearly that level of of fame and i mean again it would be inappropriate inappropriate for us to sort of guess at people's personal struggles but you you can see that that level of of their career comes comes with comes with difficulties and i mean not that i specifically chose uh men because you know mental health affects every everyone but lots of the figures that have uh, i have known that have have passed over the last few years have been have been men yeah yeah i, I mean i uh, as you said not to not to just run through the list of, of of everyone but i mean for me as well big ones that got um, got me was um also um Chester Bennington yeah um and Mac Miller as well you know uh once again the the music industry is also a crazy thing to be around as well and and as you were saying we don't know the personal struggles that they were going through but there is a point where you are <laughs> well known everywhere across the globe and you have to deal with your own personal life while everyone else is trying to dig into that um, and yeah, it's just, it, it's just, a, a a wild ride, you know? So we talk about, you know, we want to get to the peak of our pinnacle and, and our career and stuff. And, and, you know, I think there's, I'm not saying every actor wants to be famous, but there is, there's that little aspect of you obviously want your things to be seen and loved. And the more that it is loved, then the more validating that it is for the work that you create. But unfortunately it does, it gets to that point where you are being seen by the whole entire world and you then have to then deal with that in, in, in some, some way. But I think that's what's the most important thing about this and, and, and what we're trying to say is to is to talk about it is you know more celeb like i said more celebrities are coming out and actually talking about their mental health and and what they're going through and their struggles and things and i feel like the more that people can understand what's 
what's really going on, then the more accepting it can become and we can all work through it together. There's no right, you know, there's no right or wrong way of doing it. But I feel like this whole month, November and what we're trying to do, it's, it's to have those conversations and yeah, just to, to talk about and break that stigma because mental health is real. It's serious, you know, for those people that just don't understand it it's that's absolutely fine but don't disregard how another human being is feeling and what they feel because unfortunately they're not the only ones feeling that you know there are so many people around the world and globe and and close to home and and maybe in yourself that that are so we need to keep talking about it we need to accept that it is a it is it is a big problem um and yeah there needs to be more infrastructure for that you know especially when it comes to drugs and alcohol as well you know the support around that is because it's hard it's it, not everyone can come straight out and and do it whether it's therapy or, or things like that talking to other people they they go towards these other poisons but then we've then got to have the help around those as well so it's 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 hard it's 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 a really big thing to talk about and like i said there's no right or wrong way of doing it but we we need to do it we need to talk for sure and i think i think a lot of what the show as we've we've mentioned off off podcast and on podcast a lot of the time it seems to boil down to this word identity right like yeah across all all forms of what we've been been talking about whether it's how you uh regard yourself in terms of the spectrum of sexuality whether it's talking about toxic masculinity whether it's talking about work and how you know you want to live your life everything comes down to to identity and i think as we talk about how uh, mental health relates to people in the arts industry in terms of you know success i think a lot of it probably comes down to loss of identity and that Mm. when you become successful in these industries a lot of who you are can get can get warped in yeah. the public perception and people True. people all of a sudden start forming these opinions of of who you are as a person and it must just mm. be such a strange experience to see yourself on billboards i imagine there's there's people who have been out and about and heard people talking about them in public you know <laughs> yeah, re, yeah you know whether you read reviews actively but you know just general gossip conversation of your artistic output that feeling of of loss of control of your identity by having to give over to public consumption of who you are and what you do Mm. i think that great toss-up of of who you are as a person and how you appear to the public that is really at the heart of the the mental health difficulties within within this industry and i think that's that is the the underlying beauty of of you know, small scale theatre and being able to create passion projects and and at this stage of our artistic output, it's like, well, well, we have pure creative control. Like, we don't have mm. to do any projects that we don't want to. We don't have massive, you know, publicist marketing people saying you have to do this interview and you should definitely do this role and work with this director. And you know, you're eating too much or you're not eating enough. You need to lose weight for this. And there's a lot of there's a lot of pitfalls and, and traps that come come with with the arts industry and and frankly you're you're absolutely right what you said before was was so beautiful because if people just talked a little bit more like yeah. and and there are people out there who view talking about mental health and, and admitting to mental struggles there are people out there that view that as weakness and frankly if those people i have no i have people. no time yep. i have no time for people that have anything bad to say about people who who speak positively and share about their their mental health state because 
that's just it's it's what we've got to do and as you said that's what Movember is is all about and it's all about having having conversations about ourselves reaching out to to other people and and also just considering the wider sense of why we have such mental health struggles why the the suicide rate in New Zealand is so high why we why men in particular seem to to seem to struggle struggle so much and and we'll we'll continue to to process this to unpack this over over the next next four weeks because it's not just you know obviously people who aren't involved in the arts industry struggle with mental health just as much as other people but i think it's of really interest for you and me even in terms of protecting ourselves you know imagine in a year's time one of us lands a crazy role and it's all of a sudden (laughs) big time like having this conversation now about understanding the traps of the industry what comes with that what comes with it I think is, is a huge part because I think people in this industry who become successful way more often than not aren't actually prepared for mm. how difficult that can be. And you don't know yeah. until you're in it. Like I said, if tomorrow we yeah, went viral, exactly. and yeah. it, would, it would still be <laughs> would still be crazy, but I would feel way, way better knowing that we've had, had at least one conversation publicly about mental health struggles to then be like, yep. if things start getting hard, you can talk about it and that yeah. is okay. And ultimately for you, it will be much better to, to be having that dialogue. Exactly. Well, I, and I, I think the other, the other side of that is that I always know that I will have you as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you will, you will always be there for me. And I think that's a thing that I can appreciate going forward through the rest of my life. And yeah you know we we all need to have those people around us you know that we can we can go to and we and we can talk and we're just you know we're just so lucky we have this platform you know that we can we can do this together and and other people can can join in on that conversation as well absolutely um and yeah thank you thank you to to you man i mean it's such a it's such a blessing to have someone to talk to every week even you know Mm. it's about that it's about being comfortable having the whole spectrum of conversations right the casual the casual dumb stuff that doesn't matter i mean for you the people not (laughs) folding the clothes in the store for me it's the backpack falling off the table like the ability to talk freely about that sort of stuff as freely as you know the 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 truth of like our mental health state and and making those conversations normalized is all about um it's all about what what Movember stands for, and and yeah, I think we're both both really excited for this month to be super positive a bit about mental health and and try to encourage other people um, in our friend groups and our family groups and this this beautiful podcast community we we have to can continue having those conversations. So um, yeah, I just I, I can't can't wait to continue talking over this month and. And unpack the doozy that is as mental health, man, because it's uh, it's not it's a, a it's not a simple beast. She's she's oh, a no. compli- she's a complicated I, thing. I agree, I agree, and it will it will it will probably have its hard moments as well. I mean, me just thinking about you know the stuff that I'm looking to share. It's it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a hard one, but it's it's important. It's important. So let's 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 do this month, man. Let's do it. It's now. It's up. gonna be awesome. And to everyone out there that's that's listening, of course, you can you can donate to our Movember page if you want to. There's there's many people out there doing doing Movember, so you know it all it all goes towards the the same great cause. Um, like we said at the top, there's probably a few more bits and pieces coming over the next month in terms of in terms of advocacy and 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 trying to continue the conversation and get other people involved. But but thank you for listening. Um, and thank you to to I think it is important for us to, just to state that 
we would never want to isolate, um, uh, you know, the, the beautiful and wonderful females in our life. Movember specifically focuses on, on men's mental health. But I think, you know, it, it's, it's a wider conversation that is all a part of mental health that, that affects in everyone. So thank you to the, to the, the wonderful mums and friends and girlfriends and the wonderful whoop, ladies out there, whoop, just, whoop. just as we're thankful for the, the, the dads and the friends and the brothers and all, and all the, the men out there, because you know, it, it takes it genuinely takes everyone to involve involve themselves in, in mental health conversation. Oh, we're we're all in this together, man. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. And on that beautiful note, I think what we will do is we'll leave it for this week, and we will see you all next time. Peace. So, what are you going to listen to now? You could browse endless podcast lists and take a shot. You could ask your mates and wait for no one to reply. Or you could listen to us, your friendly castologists, the professional pickers of all things podcast. Zane, Nick and Liz listen to all the things so you don't have to and find the best podcast that should be on your radar. Every Monday we're coming at you with three hand-picked podcast recommendations. Then we review each other's selections so you know what's really good. Will we always agree with each other's picks? Yeah, probably not. But hey, you're clever. You know how that's how reviews work. You got this. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast.